So, welcome to week number two of In the Damn Way and Life Love. I'm sorry, In the Damn Way, Life Love, and Everything in Between. I am your host and creator, Brandy Alexander. Today, I have with me someone special. This is Davion. So, we are live. We are live. Welcome, Davion. Hello. Hi, happy to have you. I'm so glad that you could join me today. Um, if you missed last week, um, last week was our premiere week, and we started it off with the Finding Yourself series where we talked about what's in a name. And when we spoke about what's in a name, it really got deep last week. Like, we, yeah, it, yes, it was really good. Um, and what we don't understand is sometimes we take on um, titles, names that aren't what we're supposed to be. And so that's how we kind of go down a path of losing ourselves. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so definitely want to make sure that we only answer to what we are called to be and not what someone else wants us to be. So yeah. <laughs> so this week we are going to talk about shedding your past and this is a very heavy topic for me because as I go through that transition of who I was and who I'm becoming, mm -hmm. a lot of people want to make you live in who you were, mm -hmm. you know, or they want to say, get over it, you know, like get over your past, get over what happened to you. Um, but when you get over stuff, and I made a reference last week, it's kind of like when a dog pees on your carpet. You can get it up, mm -hmm. and it looks good. But sooner or later, that urine is coming back up. And when it comes back up, it's even worse than it was the first time, because now it's a stain. So I don't want my past to be a stain on who I'm becoming. Mm -hmm. I want it to be a testimony of where I've been. Okay. So um, when we talk about um, the past, Talk to me a little bit about what your thoughts are about getting over and getting through. Mm. Getting over and getting through. I, well, one, I had a thought when you were talking about the past not being a stain. Um, but I think it creates this like mosaic of scars that mm. we kind of carry around. But it's a beautiful image of what we've been through and how that has molded us shift created us to be who we are now um and so my thought I mean my thoughts on getting through I mean I guess essentially it's talking about healing right, right. um which is not a linear process I think it's you're going back and forth playing tug of war with your past with your present and with your future I think it's you're simultaneously like trying to accept where you are, but also forgive and what has happened to you and acknowledge what has happened to you. And acknowledgement, I think, is probably one of the hardest things. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I acknowledge that I was hurt? How do I acknowledge that I um that I was scarred, mm -hmm. you know? Um and then once that piece happens, and now it's like, well, well, how do I move on? Like now that I now that I've understood that this is what has happened to me, 
that I have been scarred, that I have been hurt or disrespected or um, put through a variety of trials, how do I move forward and create a space for myself that is free and healed, I, I guess. And I, I, it's, it's, it's difficult. And I think it consists of a, a variety of like, one, community, surrounding yourself with people who encourage you to change, um, but also takes a lot of like reflection and retrospection, introspection, sorry, of your mindset. Where where are you? Sorry, it's it's, it's that that was an open ended. No, that's like, that was very good, and I and I I go back to a conversation that you and I had earlier about playing chess mm-hmm. and how it's a it's a it's a strategic game, right? It's it's you have to really pay attention to what you're doing as it is with your life, right? So mm-hmm. your past is definitely a part of who you are, but you have to strategically look at it and say, wait a minute, what parts of this are going to shape me Mm -hmm. and what parts of this I'm not going to take with me? So um, just to talk about myself, so when I first came out of, um, well, I won't say coming out, but once I, once my ex-husband went to prison, right? It was just, I was angry, mm-hmm. right? And I had to understand that it was okay for me to be angry, but how was I going to process that anger? Mm-hmm. Like, was I going to continue to be that angry person? Or were, was I going to look at what has happened, what has caused me to be angry, break it down and find out what pieces I want to continue to go with me? Because I'm pretty sure that there was some good in that bag, right? But what parts I'm going to say, okay, at this point, I forgive, I need to heal this part mm-hmm. um, so that I can transform into who I want to be right. So. Like, what is that road from anger to forgiveness? Right, mm-hmm. right. It's a hard road. It is. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not easy, and it definitely takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of um, reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so today, I want to talk about several different, um, several different things about how we get to that healing process. Um, but then also I want to talk about how do we recognize what parts were traumatic and what parts you caused? Because I think sometimes, sometimes we look at our past and we want to blame everybody, right? It's everybody else's fault. None of it is ours. None of, you know, we didn't cause any of it. If they had not done it and you add the rest to it. But we have to be honest with ourselves and go back and say, wait, wait, wait. I played a part in this as well. Which mm. is a healing in itself. Yeah. To being, being able to recognize where you played a part. So um, let's talk a little bit about learning what's traumatic and what parts you cause. Like, when you talk about your past, have you been able to recognize the traumatic parts that someone else caused versus what you caused? How, how, if you've de- dealt with that, how did you deal with it? 
Um, well, one, I still feel like I'm like in training. Like I'm still training to be like to heal. Like I'm I'm not. I don't, I don't I don't feel like I've gotten through healing, and I mentioned this earlier, but it's not a linear process. Mm-hmm. And so, I think I'm still creating those two categories of areas in which I've taken the personal responsibility, kind of like, yeah, pulling it apart and saying what were areas in which I was responsible in inflicting trauma, either upon myself or upon somebody else. Um, but also what were areas where people traumatized me or or um, did things that caused me pain. Um, and so I still feel like I'm dissecting that. Um, and a lot of times it kind of starts with a memory of, of, of like, I think we were talking about um, like validation at one point and saying how like I spent the majority of my like life seeking out your validation. Mm-hmm. You were the, my only parent. And so you were my soul validator. Mm-hmm. Everything had to be run through you um, or else it, it wasn't qualified. It wasn't, I couldn't stand on its own. I couldn't stand on my own as far as like my thoughts, my ideas, um, my experience even like it had to be run through kind of this filter Mm. that I had put your name on and so um I had to like take that as like yes I grew up in a single parent household and of course being the sole provider like of course you were going to you wanted to make sure that we performed our best that we um You just had a lot of say. You had a lot of say in what we did. And so I think that was the part where I was like, okay, like I can see how, and this wasn't even like inflicting trauma, but it was more so just this idea that I created was in part in your like hands because you were not like the only person commenting on how I should do things in my life. And it was great. I needed the direction. Um, but then it got to a point where I was like, well, I don't even know how to decide for myself. So then I think it got, I I started to think like, well, now what are ways in which I'm choosing to neglect my own like ability to validate myself? You know, now like what are, what are ways in which I'm doing that instead of what are ways in which I'm neglecting to validate myself and choosing to be validated by someone else, anyone else. Um, And so it, it happens like that where it's like a memory and then I'm like, picking apart like <laughs> whose fault it is um and the thing is like sometimes these things aren't unintentional like you didn't that wasn't your intention to like create this dynamic between us it just happens due to the circumstances and so um I also have to take away from that like my hurt my hurt and my pain is valid like my emotions around it are valid but like I have to look at it from a bird's eye point of view and see that like the circumstances surrounding that it had to be that way for at least a while or like it things things happened in a way that that which is bound to happen and so um I think I may have lost my train of thought but um yeah it's it's really finding those moments and just dissecting it and I think at the end you it 
becomes like not as important as the who's it's, it's it's important who's who's like taking responsibility and things like that and i think that is part of the healing but once you get past that's like either way it happened and how do i how do i heal how do i move on how do i learn and grow and i don't know transform i guess yeah that's that was real that was real um for you, for you guys who are out there um that's something else that we'll get into just um becoming yourself is very important and i think so many so many times um when we talk about the names that people put on us mm -hmm. the, the um titles that they put on us we become who they want us to be mm -hmm. we never truly know what we want who we want and as i go along that journey um there are some people who i can say have been that same person i was as davion has so eloquently put it <laughs> to him um you know just being sort of like the puppet master mm. if you um and it was when I decided to cut those strings is when I found out, wait, I don't like that. Mm. Um, I don't want to dress like that. I don't want to talk like that. I want to be like this. I want to do that, you know. And so as I go through that journey, like it is very eye opening. Um, but you have to allow yourself to do that. Mm -hmm. And that, and I think that that's the hard part when you're coming from the past and entering into the future mm -hmm. is kind of understanding what what has happened, um, putting it in specific categories, mm -hmm. learning from it, understanding it, actually getting through it. Yeah. So going back to that getting through and getting over, I don't want to get over anything mm -hmm. because if I get if I get over it, I'm suppressing it. Okay? Mm -hmm. I'm pushing it down, I'm pushing it down, I'm pushing it down, and one day it's going to come back up and it may come up against a person who is not meaning me any harm, yeah. but just that they trigger, you know, they trigger... Um, something to come out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. It was funny because I was having a conversation with um Talitha and I'm I'm sorry I keep shouting you out, but um and I told her that um she asked me a question like why don't you watch the stuff that I send you? And I said, well the tone in which you asked me to do it triggers me. Mm. She didn't understand that. You know. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. It's a certain way you have to speak to me mm -hmm. in order for me to be receptive to what it is you're trying to tell me. Mm. If you're demanding, if your voice is or your tone is coming across as demanding, yeah. I'm not doing it. Do you feel like that then like takes you back to a certain place? It does. Or like where 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 does that where did that take you? That takes me to a place of abuse. Mm. Um, for those of you who don't know, I was in a very abusive relationship. Um physically, mentally, emotionally. And so, and it wasn't just with my husband. It was prior to my ex-husband. It was, it was prior to that, that I even learned that behavior in order for him to be able to do that to me. Mm. Um, but um, just to have that demand and not having a say in what I want, yeah. although her intentions may have been very innocent, yeah. and it, it may have been, have been something for my good. Yeah, It's just all in the delivery. Right. It's like intention kind of goes out the window. Right. It's like, well, now you put me back into 
a place where I felt harmed. Exactly. And so I'm not defensive. Right. Yeah, it's deep. Yeah. It's deep. And so we definitely have to understand the people that we're around and just know that when we speak to people, and let me let me stop there. So we were talking earlier, mm -hmm. and you said that my tone can be very sar sarcastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't have a lot of conversations <laughs> about how she speaks to people. It can get reckless. It no. can it can be. I have like <laughs> I have actually been called out uh, as being the shady queen, and that, and that's okay. I mean, you know, I don't I don't speak with harm, but sometimes I do speak out of turn, and I do have to be corrected. That I was there to say. <laughs> um, you also made the point that when I speak to you in that manner, mm -hmm. you shut down. You become defensive, mm -hmm. and even though my my deliver not my intention is not to harm you in any yeah. way, you automatically take it as okay. You coming for me, yeah. so I'm ready to come for you, and then we get into sort of like a spat, not yeah. altercation, sort of like a spat mm -hmm. um, of who. Is kind of, you know what I mean? Top dog. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but um, as it is, you know, with my friendships, like if you talk to me in a sensible manner, I'm able to receive everything that you're saying. You come at me in any kind of, <laughs> I'm ready for you. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean to um, hurt or, uh, dismiss what anybody is saying. It's just, it's traumas. And yeah. so as I work through those traumas and get to the other side, as I live in my truth and, and become the woman that I know that I'm able to be, mm -hmm. I want to be able to release that so that someone can speak to me yeah. and that not be my automatic go-to, right. you know, defense. Right. You know, I want to be able to have a conversation. You can't do that when you're defensive because you shut down yeah it's kind of like i mean you have to it's retraining re-educating yeah. yourself and disarming yeah. yourself like you have the like you are on survival mode right. so now you have to find that switch and say okay i'm i'm not dying nobody's like attacking me i don't need to be defensive nobody's coming for me right but it's like you become so accustomed to living in survival mode now your body's used to it and right. so like any minor like conversation or minor like change in tone in some way in some in the way that somebody speaks to you can now trigger that it's right. like now I'm going to respond as if I'm in survival mode because I haven't learned to switch it oh we got a question from T let's see what she is saying <laughs> so T says it wasn't her tone it was just what she said LOL, watch this and not I would like for you. Right. Like, yeah, don't say watch this. Say just just ask me, you know, like and I'll be more receptive to it. But again, um as I work on it and, and as I get better, I want her to be able to say watch this or anybody to say watch this and I'll be like, oh, okay, you yeah. know, I watch like, it. Uh, I need to, you know, what's going on everything. <laughs> Yeah, and I, so I wanted, I wanted to go back to a point that you were talking about earlier. Okay. Um, well, I guess the first question that you asked me was getting over slash getting through. So like the difference between that and how you didn't want to get over it, you wanted to get through it. Mm. And it reminded me of something that 
my therapist said, y'all, therapy is good. Yes, it is. Everybody needs therapy. Um, everybody needs help. Um, but one of the things she told me was, she was like, it seems like you're like, and she did, she she drew a diagram. So it's like a big like fire. And then she drew like me. And she was like, instead of you walking through it, you walked around it or you try to hop over it. Right. And um, that was in relation in, in relation to like my relationship with my parents, um, my relationships with others, and like even like how I treat myself, like all like just like the past in general. She said, "You're not, you're trying to like avoid it." Mm -hmm. And I think a part of that is because healing is painful. It's very painful. Like going through, like acknowledging, retraining, reeducating yourself. Like these things hurt. Right. And I don't like. It things that hurt <laughs> but it, it's it's a good type of pain um because in the end like you're better for it right. I mean, it, it you it really changes how you respond to people how you relate to people how you treat your and and i guess treat yourself i don't know it, it there's a i don't know it, it, you get these cool little scars and you kind of just understand yourself a little bit right. better um but yeah i just i just wanted to bring that up about getting over and getting through yeah, it. It's, like, it's a difference. It, it, it is a difference and i'll be the first to admit i was quick to get over relationships mm -hmm. like if i wouldn't block you i don't know nobody who would <laughs> quick to say i'm done i'm blocked you're blocked i don't even want to deal with you Instead of letting you know that, hey, you hurt me in what you did or what you said or how you did or what, you know. And so this is what I felt from that. And so, and, and talking through it and then making the decision of, am I going to continue to allow you in my life? Because sometimes when you're already getting over, mm -hmm. right, and not getting through, everything is, everything is attack mode. Every Everything, like you said, survival. Um you know, you're not going to let anybody take you back to that place that you're so-called getting over. Mm -hmm. um, but when you get through, you're, you'll start to have the, the hard conversation, mm -hmm. whether you come out bruised or healed, you've had the conversation. Right. You've dealt with it. Yeah. Um, Talitha had another question. She said, but when do we as parents know when to stop guiding our kids or telling our kids what to do? Because my kids lived and still live in a two-parent household. Um, Davion, would you like to try to take a stab at that? Mm, that is outside of my expertise as a parent. Um, I, as a child. As a child. I mean, I think it has to, like, transform from telling them what to do to encouraging them mm. and like it, it I think it has to become a little bit more subtle like mm. a little bit more I guess disguised so it's like you're kind of deceiving them because right. you, you're really trying to tell them what to do but you're not letting them know that you're trying to tell them what to do right. but I, I think it's like almost getting to a level of like trust that like I've taught you what I can. Right. I have given you experience. I have given you my knowledge. I have unloaded the lessons that I've learned and I'm mm -hmm. giving them to you. And now I have to trust that you're going to use it wisely. I have to like, 
and whether whether you succeed or fail is up to you. Mm. And so I think there has like I don't, I don't I don't know if there's like a age for it. I mean, it it kind of like I think that's that has to do with is I don't think it, there's a a set like oh I'm sorry I don't think there's a set time for that. I think it's uh, building trust. I think it starts there. I agree. Um, as the parent of DJ Davion and Demaris, like there are times when they still call um, and will not move. Davion is probably like the biggest with this, but yeah, when you want my opinion in order to make your decision. Mm. Um, and so I welcome that. What I want do, what I won't do, what I will not do is go to Devian and say, you need to dot, dot, dot. Right. Um, I feel like that's me overstepping because at 18, the world has considered you an adult. Um, and I'm trying to make you out to be the most responsible adult that I know that you can be. Mm -hmm. In order for me to do that, I have to come out of child mode and go into adult mode. Mm -hmm. It's a hard transition. And it wasn't until we had, I don't know if you, well, I, I know you remember, but when we had the big conversation um, when I lived on Napa Oak and um, it was kind of like a breakdown, mm. but it wasn't just a breakdown. It was a breakthrough in me understanding you have to let this, allow him, allow this young man, I was about to say boy, but allow this young man to come into wherever it is he wants to be because he feels like, although it's not your, it's, it's not what you're doing, he feels like you're still holding on to his life and you mm. can't be free. And so you just have to step back and 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 be receptive to what they're going to, because they're going to do it regardless, right? Mm. So if you just have to step back and, and I can't honestly say when that time is, all I know is at some point, you just have to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just have to do it. I, I, there are some decisions that I just want to grab my kids and say, wow. <laughs> but then it's just like they have to learn. So, um, T, I hope that answered your question. If it didn't, I'm sorry. I don't have the the um, breakdown of how to uh, let your kids be adults. All I can say is just stand in the shadows, allow them to become who they are going to become. Mm -hmm. And also, you have to, I will say this, you have to take yourself out of their life. Mm. Be there for a, a helping hand, but take it, take take the reins off. Take your your hold off um, that you've been trying to protect them and and um, be the person that you thought they needed you to be. Like take it off and and allow them to just be. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll either get it or they won't. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's how I look at it. Yeah. It's definitely helping me because I'm less stressed um, because I'm no longer concerned about what it is they're doing. All I'm saying is I'm here if you need me, but, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. Great question. Great question. Um, if any of you um, out there have any questions, please put them in the question and answer and we will get to them um, as they come about. So. 
I wanted to talk about how to begin the healing process. So let me tell you, I am 41 great years of age and I'm just now starting starting the healing journey. Mm -hmm. I do not want, I do not want my children to have to wait till they get to my age in order to start healing. So I want them to heal earlier. I want them to understand what it means to heal. Also, I want to help anybody who has been or is of teenage years that are dealing with a lot to start their healing process now, because I understand that children go through a lot. Again, from someone who's dealt with abuse for a very long time, and, and, the, and the, the sad thing about it is abuse is, it can be in your face, but it can also be very subtle. You don't even know that it's happening to you. So, um, and we'll talk about abuse. We're gonna get on that level and, and definitely break down um, that. But let me get back to the, the topic at hand. So talking about how do we start the healing process? So for me, the number one thing I had to do is understand what parts of my life I wanted to keep and what parts um, needed to be healed, mm -hmm. right? So being a teenage parent, that's the part I want to keep. I don't take it back that I had my first child when I was 16, um, my second child when I was 18, my third child when I was 21. I don't take any of that back. What I do take back is the fact that the reason why I need to get through that healing process of it, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason why I had my son at 16 and my next one at 18 and my next one at 21, it might've been 22, I'm sorry, but um, was because I wanted someone to love me unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> it was on me. So uh, when I was nine, um, my dad became estranged. Um, the relationship with my mom became estranged because the two of them um, decided that, you know, I can't say it. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. what I know is um, the type of love that you're supposed to receive from a mother and father, I did not receive. I was not receiving that from my um, siblings. I was not receiving that from aunts and uncles. So I wanted someone to love me unconditionally and someone that I could love unconditionally as well. Mm -hmm. Also, I wanted to leave my mom's house. Only way I can do that is I had to create some type of split between her and I that I knew she would not be okay with. Um, and that was a baby. Mm. Was it right? Absolutely not. Um, but that part that love that I was looking for and yearning from, yearning for from her is the part that I need to heal because I need to understand that I'm not going to get that time back. Mm -hmm. And so do I want to forever be mad at her? Cause I'm 41 and I still have a spirit of resentment mm -hmm. about it. Um, or do I want to heal from that? So, mm. um, yeah, just understanding what parts of your life you want to keep and what parts you want to heal. Do you want to um, 
put some more into that? Um, as far as like starting the, the healing process, yeah, understanding. I think it's it has to start with a, a desire. I mean, like you have to want to heal. Like oh. you have to want to uncover the darkest parts of your past mm -hmm. and that's scary mm -hmm. you know to like to then like relive those moments you know um and kind of put yourself back into it right so the only the only way to to heal from it to get is to move through it and so you have to relive those dark moments and um but it, it, it's a little bit different because obviously that moment has already happened. So we're not, you know, actually living through it, but you're going through the same emotions. You're going through the same, um, you're going through the same experience with a different lens is, is, is what I'll say. And so, um, yeah, it, do, it definitely starts with this desire to even want to heal and to want to face that and to turn around and kind of, be what's behind you um and but there's so much like freedom in it as well because um i think you have to get to a safe place mm -hmm. before you can heal i think you have to like in order for you to even feel comfortable doing that like you have to be in a place where you feel safe mm -hmm. like if i'm if i'm still in it i can't heal from it I, I can't even I'm I'm so uh, wrapped up in it I don't know anything else mm -hmm. and so once you've been removed from that only then I feel like you can kind of take a look back mm -hmm. but if you're still going through it that's not you're just trying to survive just, you're still in survival mode you're not thinking about healing from it because that's this is just my life this okay. is just my experience my perception um and yeah, so getting to a finding a safe, getting to a safe place, um, finding that desire to want to face the past. Um, and then I think what you said about then putting it like walking through your history and taking out kind of putting the pieces in the boxes and saying like what's staying and what's going, or at least like. Um, putting labels mm. on 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 things like how did I feel during the time? Why did I feel that way? Who caused me to feel that way? What? Um, how did I respond in that moment? Was that wrong? Was that right? Um, and only only you can really answer these questions. Healing is so like subjective. Nobody can tell you, you know, oh that's wrong or that's like nobody can. No, those are things that are objectively wrong and some things like actions that you do that are not healthy but um yeah only you have the power to kind of like label that and say like okay yeah that wasn't right, right. yeah and I, I, I'm, I'm being a little bit like vague in my response I'm trying to figure out specifically how, how I want to respond um but yeah I think those are at least what I would feel like are the starting points to to healing and I I, I Again, I say like it is not this like step by step process. No, like it, no. it's not a it's not a, a, a narrow road that you just walk on until you get to the finish line. Like it, it is, you know, 
you go three steps, you take two steps back. You go forward, you take two. Like it, it, it is a constant give and take, a constant succeed and fail, a constant uh, journey uh, of your personal evolution in a sense. Like you are learning to accept what has happened to you and but also let go of it, you know, and really experience the freedom that comes with being who you were meant to be. And I feel like that's, that was a very good answer, by the way, but I feel like um, the only way to let go, the only way you can say I'm letting this go is first processing that whole situation, whatever yeah. it was, just processing it, dealing with it, and then saying, okay, this this does not get to go with me. Like I've, I've dealt with it, it's done, it's time to move forward. Yeah. So that was definitely um very good statement. Can I ask something else? Sure. Um, what I said earlier about having to go through those like emotions and having to like, you're going to get angry again, like you're going to get bitter again, and you have to be ready for that. Like you have to be ready for that fallout of like, oh, I'm sad again because I'm living through that again and I'm realizing how I felt in that moment mm -hmm. and that's gonna it, it's it's gonna you can choose to let it affect how you respond to others right. or you can just acknowledge the fact that I'm sad and wow. I'm angry and I'm hurt and I realized how much pain I was experiencing at that moment right um and I think how about like everything's so bad and but there, there there's, always, there's always good points there's always a silver line there's always you know, positive moments in our past, but like, if we're focusing on the trauma of it all, like, you're going to experience those same emotions again, and you have to be ready for that, because it's going to hit, and it's going to hit at different intervals, like, it's not just going to be, oh, I'm sad for a day, and I'm, now I'm not, like, right. it's, because you can't control your emotions, it's just going to, I don't know become a cycle right and so as I as I literally deal with my past as I as, as I take this journey I'm learning how to sit and stew so that's my next point mm -hmm. you have to learn how to isolate yourself for a period of time yeah and feel what it means to be alone but not lonely mm -hmm. so one thing that I recognized about myself is that there were times I could be around a million people laughing, smiling, clapping my hands, having me a good old mm -hmm. and feel so long. Just because I wasn't myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's like being um on the outside looking in, you know, kind of like uh those movies where the, the person leaves the body and the body is, I mean, you know, the spirit is looking at the body. It's kind of like looking at yourself from that point. Mm -hmm. And so I was a shell. So at the end of the day, while I'm laughing and clapping my hands, I'm not feeling this whole situation. I'm, I'm just as lonely. So as I take this period, and it's funny because I'm so used to being around people and I'm so used to doing things. And you and I had a conversation about this last night. Trust me, I talk to my children more than I talk to anybody. Only yeah, but, um, as we talked about it last night and, and you were telling me uh, that I needed to just sit in it. Mm -hmm. Whatever I'm feeling right now, just sit in it. Yeah. Uh, DJ told me the other day, DJ is my oldest son, if y'all don't know, but DJ told me the other day, like, this is your peace. Mm 
you know, you don't have to do anything right now, but just sit and just deal with it. Yeah. Um, but that is the hardest thing to do for someone who's suppressed or pushed everything to the side and just kind of kept going. Yeah. You know, you're just running full speed. And so now that everybody's adults and every, everybody's gone and, you know, the last person that I had that I uh, was a big part of my life, which was my father, um, passed away in January. And so with dealing with all of that, and now there's no talking, it's silent. And it's the most fearful part of my life because I want to fill it up with noise when I just need to sit in the silence. Yeah. And the question is, how can I convince myself that I'm no longer in a fight? Mm. That I'm no longer in the ring. Like nobody's attacking me. Right. Because everybody else has left, left the stadium. It's just you in the okay. ring, fighting the air because you haven't told yourself or even realized the fight is over. Right. You still think that somebody's going to throw a swing at you. That's, that's at, at any moment. I'm listening. I'm sorry. Um, and so it's like, and so peace isn't peaceful right. in the, in the first few moments, I feel right. like in the first like phase, it's like, it's not, it's boring. Right. It's, um, it's strange. It's uncomfortable because it's, it's changed and it's new. Um, like you said, we talked about this. And so, and I, like what we were saying is like giving yourself permission to rest, giving yourself permission to experience peace right. and communicating to yourself that you're safe now. Right. Like telling yourself you're okay. Right. You're not, nobody's coming for you. Right. No one's attacking you. No one's fighting. No one's, you're not responsible for anyone. Right. We're okay. Right. You can be, you can lay down. Right. You can sit down and everything's going to be fine. Not, right. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Let me uh I'm gonna go to the questions right quick before I respond. Um that, that's true, T. If you're still in it, you cannot heal. Um Dana says, Do you feel like you need to let the people know that you're going through a healing journey? Meaning when I'm going through the process and I get to the anger stage, then that individual is wondering why I'm moving different, mm. differently. Do you say I'm on a healing journey or do you just ignore them while on the journey? Because eventually you probably won't deal with them again. That's deep. I do have something to my mind. Okay. You know, and this is going to be a, a bad analogy, but just follow with me. Okay. I'm thinking of like, you know, the dogs, um, when they're, when you first get a dog, you got to train them. Right. And usually you get these collars or these vests. You got one for Deuce, the dog that we had. Too much. Into that right now. Trauma that I'm still healing from. Um, but you had you gave him a vest that says in, it was in training. Right. And so that is, I think that, that is such a, uh, it's a valid thing to do is communicate to people like, hey, I'm still healing. I'm healing from this. Like, right. I think I think that is something that needs to happen. And I think that's a part of it is like communicating to the people around you. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's gonna it's it's of course gonna show, right. but um, really like letting them know, hey, 
I'm processing how you make me feel, how you've made me feel, um, experiences that I've had with you that were not positive. Um, and so I'm still processing and I'm in that phase that I'm, I'm angry with you. Right. But I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine um, and they told me they were angry with me and I was like, what did I do? You know, like what, what's going on? And they told me that they were grieving our relationship. And at first I was hurt by this. Yeah, I was big hurt. I've never heard anybody tell me they grew uh, in a relationship. Yeah, talk about hurt. Yeah. And, but it was, it ended up being a really great conversation in the end because it kind of made me think, okay, well now I need to like look through our kind of the the memory book of our, of our, of our relationship and kind of process what happened. Well, right. and, and, the, and the crazy thing is I was also grieving in a way or at least experiencing bitterness that I wasn't processing. Um, and so I think Grief is when you're processing. I think that's right. that, that's when you're processing what has happened um, and trying to like feel it and then you know move on. But uh, yeah, I, that's that's a huge conversation that needs to happen when you're going through when you're processing healing. You're in training. You're you're in healing mode. The people need to know that and. Um, Sorry, I kind of skipped over that. No, you're fine. You're fine. But, um, but yeah, when 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 I when she told me that, I was like, of course, hurt and offended. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, um, I had to stop looking at it from a narcissistic point of view. Mm. She didn't say that to hurt my feelings. The, right. the intention wasn't hurt my feelings. Um, the intention was for her to communicate how she's feeling right. like, that, that was her intention was to communicate how she's feeling it had no like no negative like undertones of like i'm trying to hurt you right. i'm trying to communicate with you in a way that that shows love that's right. i love you enough to communicate with with that with you um and it's when you can do that that means you feel safe mm -hmm. like or you know to some extent to, to to say that to somebody um but yeah it was it, it hurt but it was real and it right. was necessary so yes i think you need to tell people and then two you cannot so i'll tell i'll, I'll tell, tell you this when my dad died like that was the most traumatic i've never dealt with a death that close um yeah and so that feeling that emotion was it was huge and i had just walked away from my job and so it was a lot that i was processing at that time and um i was involved in this and involved in that and you know, I made the comment, I need time. I have to pull myself away from what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I need time. And the most hurtful thing is when people don't respect what you're saying. Mm. And you say, I need time. Yeah. Because what that does is create a resentment for me toward you because it's like you don't respect the fact that I'm dealing with a lot right now. Yeah. Like, that was a lot. And and to walk away from my position, you know, that, I mean, I've worked all my life and I decided to go and be an entrepreneur one day. Well, I don't say one day, but you know what I mean? Like, I finally stepped out on faith. And so when I stepped out on faith and I'm trying to hear from God and then my father died and I'm trying to process all of it. And then I tell you, I need to step away from you and your response is, I don't receive that. That. Red flag. Red flag. Red flag. For the people in the bag, don't do it. 
Because all that does is make me look at you in a way that says, when I finish healing, you won't be at the end of the line. Mm. And you have to understand that everybody's not going to go. No. Everybody can't. That's not that's not their job. Their job was to get you possibly, I'm not going to say everybody, but everybody has a place in your life, right? And so when that person gets to the end of that line, you have to be able to grieve that relationship. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to say, okay, this is done. Um, I have to go. You know, there's other things that I have to do and I can't take you with me because I just can't. And so what that what that comment did for me is make me want to grieve that relationship and it, it hit really hard. Yeah. You know, but um, so definitely knowing that if someone does not hear you when you say, when I say hear you, when they don't give you that room or, or say to you, I understand, I'll see you on the other side. When they don't stand 10 toes down, flat footed and say, I got you while you go through your healing journey. If they rebuke any of that at any time, you definitely have to look at that relationship and say, you know what? When I'm done, you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm gonna remove you right now because I'm working through some other things, and you're not on the top of that list. But yeah. when I'm done, we're good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I hope Dana that answered your question. Um, I know we went there and came back, but honey, that's what we do on in the damn way, <laughs> life, love, and everything in between. We tell it how it is. But um, the next thing I would advise for you to do is to get a counselor or a therapist. Now, let me tell y'all, I'm the last person to talk about therapy. I went to my therapist and she gave me homework and that was the last she saw me. Like, But I feel like I wasn't ready for therapy anyway. Mm. Like I was still processing hurt and pain or I was still jumping over that fight you yeah. know, at that time. And so all I wanted her to do was help me jump over the fight. Yeah. You trying to get me to walk through and, and put out the fight. I don't know. No. You, want me to read? you want me to go home and do homework? I'm paying you. I'm <laughs> so that was my last day at therapy. Uh, as you can see, I probably need to go back. <laughs> and I will. And I will. <laughs> it's on my list of things. <laughs> as I become a therapist, talk about it. Talk about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. But Having someone to talk to that is subjective, meaning they have no object, I'm sorry, objective, meaning they have no insight on your life, they don't know your friends, they don't know your, your family, they don't know anything about you. Having that person to talk to and to be able to just listen. Because mm -hmm. not everybody needs to tell you what to do. I don't call everybody for you to tell me what I need to feel. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I call you because I just want to vent. And I just want to get it off my chest. And actually, I want a cheerleader to tell me, yeah, girl, I feel where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. I don't need you to say, well, well, what? Like, validate the fact that I'm feeling this way. <laughs> Y'all, I, I'm, I'm yeah. Validate the fact that I'm feeling this way and, and then allow me to process it. Mm -hmm. Because, again, what I'm giving you is from my point of view. 
I'm not, I can't tell you what that other person, and I'm not going to tell you what that other, what I truly said, or, you know, the whole, I'm not going to give you the whole story, because mm -hmm. if, if I give you the whole story, I might be wrong. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you my part, you know, just to vent. But um, you have to, one, be able to tell that whole story, tell both sides, mm -hmm. tell what you did, tell what you said, you know. And then process it that way. And I feel like the only way you can do that is talking to people who do not know. Right. Because if you tell somebody who already knows, they've already picked a side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not that they mean to, but it's it's they want to be a friend to you. Yeah. You're my friend, so I'm 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 team you. Who we need to go fight? What we need to do? <laughs> you know. Yeah. I've had my friends say we 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 can do it. We can make it happen. They'll want it. You know. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's like, well, be you. Yeah. And when I do hear my friends say I was wrong, I'd be mad. Mm. Hey, what? Oh, be mad for you. Right. You're supposed to be on my side. Right. Yeah. But you did you hear me when I said that? <laughs> now you're retaking the story. Yeah. Yeah. I think I missed the point. Right. You, know? you didn't get the whole thing. Let me, let me run this back for you so you can hack me up. So, yeah, definitely talking to someone who has no kind of gain from anything that you're saying is definitely important because it will, one, allow you to be truthful about what happened, and then, two, allow you to process it a little bit better, in my opinion. Yeah. I said I'm going to school to be a therapist. I am not a therapist, so this is not therapy line one-on-one. <laughs> so what this is is my opinion. So, yeah. All I'm saying is I feel like it helps you to open up more because this person can't judge you of what they don't know. Right. And that's another thing, too. We aren't truthful. And, and for me, I know when I was talking to her, I was giving her the bits and pieces I wanted her to know because I didn't want to judge me. You know, I didn't want her to say, well... You know, that whole situation wrong in itself, mm -hmm. you know, so, but, um, so it, it, I, I already went in and my intentions were not pure to heal. Mm -hmm. My intentions were to get out of the situation that I'm in and I need somebody to tell me how to do that. Tell me what to do. Right. Give me the, give me the steps. Right. Give me the, give me the ingredients what, right. and I'll cook. That's it. Yeah. Now I don't, I want to write it down. Yeah. I just want you to give it to me. Yeah. I don't want to do the work. I don't want to, I don't want to go to the first store and buy it. I want you to put all those ingredients out. I need the ingredients, the recipe. As a matter of fact, go ahead and cook the cake. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I did not want to process the hurt and the pain that came before that uh, uh, situation that I was in at that time. Mm -hmm. So, again, um, going to therapy, being honest with your therapy, your healing. Mm -hmm. um, because the only person who benefits when you do that is you. Right. If you don't do the work, how do you expect the process to come out any better? Mm -hmm. That's why I dealt with it for another. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I do want to add something to that. Okay, go ahead. Um, I think another, um, I guess, pro to therapy. And I guess I should kind of talk about my journey with therapy. Please do. Because it has been a mess. Mm. Um, I think it started out, I was like, there's almost this, like, there's pride. I don't even say there's almost, it's, there's pride. Mm -hmm. I am independent. Okay. I don't want to feel like I can't do it on my own. Right. I don't want to be in a position where 
I can't figure it out. And it comes from this like history of me being able to figure it out. Like I, I didn't and living with, with you. So <laughs> somebody else is gonna figure it out for me, aka you. So I don't need any like I shouldn't have to need anybody else. Like I don't I don't want to feel like I need someone else to help me. Like I want to get through it on my own. Um and so it started out that way. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to therapy. So I'm I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna you know, unravel the past and, and do all the healing and all that stuff. And that's how I ended up jumping over Friday, not getting through it. Um, and so like for a long time, like, and I think more so when I got to college, like I got in a friend group who was like, yeah, therapy, 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 you need to go. And I was like, no, I don't, I'm not going. Um, and I think it, then it became like out of spite. Cause now you're telling me I need it. Now I'm definitely not going. What if, you're not about to tell me what I need to do. Like, right. No. So it, it it turned into this like um almost rebellious type of response to like, I'm not going because you want me to go, because you're telling me I need to. Um and then it like they kept talking about it, kept talking about it. So I was like, okay, maybe I should, maybe I should look into it. Cause it's, at some point, bullying works, you know? And so especially when you got friends who are just persistent and won't be quiet so um so then I think I, I signed up and um I think one of the greatest things about it um so okay so when I first started it there still was this like I don't trust you enough to give you everything mm -hmm. and I'm gonna paint the picture that I need to paint so that you don't you know see it all or like that so I can communicate the, the right image mm -hmm. to the therapist which is you don't need to do that because they're not going to judge you. They don't know you, um, which is also one of the pros of therapy. Mm -hmm. um, but that was my approach to it was, I'm not going to give you everything. I'm going to make sure I give you the right pieces so that either I come out the victim. <laughs> so so you see me as like the victim. I, I was hurt, not the one who did the hurt. Right. And so because oftentimes we don't want to admit that we have the capacity to hurt mm. or to hurt someone or to inflict pain upon somebody else. We want to we want to be the victim. We want to say, they hurt me. Right. It was their fault. Right. I didn't have nothing to do with that. That's not the case right. often. And so um, it took a while for me to like take the personal responsibility and say, and it's still it's still taking time for me to do that because I'm like, oh, I don't really want to tell people that. Right. Um, but yeah, so then it kind of transitioned into that. Um, and so it, and I like went back to uh, I even ghosted my therapist at one point. <laughs> So it, it, I, I say therapy is good, and I and I do mean that. Um, but even I'm still developing in my like relationship with therapy. Like I'm still trying to um, get to a point where I can go consistently. But also, that I have to do insurance, paying for it, all that stuff. But yes, and um, another thing I wanted to mention about going to therapy is that like often and the difference between going to a therapist versus relying on your friendships right. is oftentimes with your friendships y'all each have baggage and so in a friendship y'all swap right i take what you have you take what i have but therapy i don't care about you that this is the one time where narcissism is perfect right you, it's all about you right it's literally all about you i don't need to know your life i don't need to know nothing about what you went through today right I'm paying you, right? So I'm gonna give you everything, right. and I can you can do that without feeling um, pressure, guilt, shame, any of those emotions because again, you're paying for it, and that's right. the, the, their job. Um, and so you don't feel this obligation to like ask them about their life because right. that's not important. Right. It's not it's not important to your healing 
how they got what what they're going through in their in their life. It, it, it's strictly um, and holistically about you. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that was my spiel. So two two points from what you just said. One, that was another thing that was wrong with my therapist was that she thought I needed to hear what her story in order for her to tell me what I needed to do. We're not doing that. I'm, I'm paying you too much for it. And then number two, when you talk about um, being the victim, um, a lot of times when we unload, when we look at that past, we definitely want to be on that victim side because that makes us look good, right? Um, but in reality, sometimes you cause that, which goes back to what we were talking about before. You have to know what parts are traumatic and what parts you cause. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, my last point is, um, and I know we, yeah, I know we went over time, but this conversation is really good. I really appreciate you. Um, rebuilding your circle, rebuilding your circle, mm -hmm. which we're going to talk about next week. In Yes, yes, yes. Um, but you have to make a list of your friends' strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. If they have more weaknesses than strengths and you're on a healing journey, you cannot take them with you. You want to know why? Because you're going to soak up their weaknesses and it's not going to be conducive to your healing. I've used that word three times today. Conducive, conducive, conducive. That's the word of the day, y'all. <laughs> But seriously, when they're when you when you're healing, you need people to be on the same page. Not that you have to stop being friends, but you just have to know that, hey, I can't right now, I have to remove myself in order for me to get to where I need to be. Mm -hmm. Because if I continue to soak up what you're giving. Somehow it's going to stop me from healing because now I'm taking on and I'm looking at your situation and trying to put that into my situation and trying to make a, I'm remaking a whole story. When it, when the story is already written, mm -hmm. it's already done. But now I'm rewriting and saying, oh, you know what? That happened to me too. And so um, I need to deal with it this way because that's the way she's dealing with it or he's dealing with it, you know. So you have to take their strengths and weaknesses and find out where in your healing process they're going to be. Are they going to be down here where you started um, until you get to the end? Or are they going to be with you through the process? Mm -hmm. Or can you meet them at the end? Mm -hmm. you know, if they have more strengths, especially the strengths that you need, you might want to put them at the end and, and go ahead and deal with what you need to get deal with because when when they say you're not on my level, that's a that's a to me, that's a clear point of me not being on your level. So if we're at two different points in our lives and I'm I'm I've been through my counseling and I've been through this and I've been through that and I, and we're friends though. So I'm listening to you, I'm understanding where you're coming from, I'm 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 with you the whole way, but then I can't allow what you're going through to take me back to where I was. That makes sense. Yeah. So I can encourage you to do what you need to do, but I cannot stay in this with you because it re-triggers me when I've already dealt with that and I've already healed from that. Mm. So again, just knowing your friend circle and saying, okay, where do I want to put them? And also knowing that if you're, if you're both dealing with traumas, mm -hmm. 
if they're both dealing with traumas and they're not working to heal, mm-hmm. you have to leave them back there. Because if 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 not, again, they're going to stop your healing process. Mm-hmm. Not intentionally, but they're going to, and you're going to allow them because that's your frame and you want to take them with you. And you feel like, you know, oh, I have to be there. No, you have to worry about you first, yeah. which is what you're constantly telling me. You know, this is about you. This is about you, 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 you. It's okay to think about you. And for, when you dealt with other people for so long and absorb what other people want for so long, it's really hard to get to that point to where you say, it's about me. Mm-hmm. So definitely um, rebuilding that circle and, and putting people in the positions that they're supposed to be in and not allowing someone else to um, make you start over again and again and again, because you're going to do that on your own. So mm-hmm. you definitely don't need no one to um, help you do that. So. Yeah, I I disagree with the okay. like saying like their strength strengths and and weaknesses only because I I feel like that kind of reduces a a friendship. Like I don't see my friends in terms of what you're good at, what you're bad at, or like I don't see them in terms of what you bring. Because I think it's, it can can be a selfish kind of look at friendship because it's not all about what you can give me or what I can give you. Um, but it's like, how do we share our lives? Share share our lives together. How do we live? How do we live life together? Okay. Um, in a in a you know friendship. But I do think um that evaluating your friendships, about evaluating the circumstances surrounding your friendship, like are we only friends because I entertain you? Are we only friends because we um, share history. Like, are we friends because we desire to be to sh- to share our lives right. with one another, or is it circumstantial, mm. or is it uh, strictly for entertainment purposes? And sometimes you do have those friends where it's like, I can only really hang out with you when we go out. You know, like that's just and you know, it's probably not the best you know friend, but you kind of know who you're going to and who you're going to for certain things, but it, it's, it's, it starts to like evaluating those friendships. And especially when you're starting on your healing journey, like knowing who is going to stay, who's going to go. People don't really talk about that or like talk about like friendship breakups, which I feel like can be a lot harder and a lot, cause a lot more hurt and pain than like relationship. Like if I'm in a relationship with somebody, right. I think right. it can be a lot, like when, when we break up, I think it'd be, it can be a lot more painful for a friendship. Right. Um, and I was talking to a friend about this the other day, but um, because it's, it's, you've created so much, so many experiences with this person. Right. Um, you've shared so much of your life with this person. Um, and I'll just tell that's not the case. Sometimes you didn't really share a lot, and that's why okay. it ended. But again, sorry, I don't want to go too far into that, but I, I think it, it does start at like evaluating the circumstances surrounding our relationship. Why are we friends? Right. Like what, what, how, how are we friends? Right. Like that's, that's, I'm going to leave it at that. And when you do that, in my mind, in my mind, mm-hmm. uh, that's when you start saying, what's your strength and what's your weakness? Because if you can't add to me, friends, soul, mother, father, sister, brother, I can't be 
yeah, you can't be in my life. Because mm. it just, it doesn't do me any justice if you're taking and not giving. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, when I say that, maybe I said it incorrectly, but I'm, I'm, I'm good at going somewhere and coming back. But when I say that, it's more like, where do you fit? Mm. You know, like, yeah. are you adding or are you taking away? Because if you're taking away too much to where I can't, constantly be who it is I need to be. Yeah. You can't be my friend. Yeah. And so I have to leave you back here. Like my account is an overdrive. I can't spend any money. I can't what? contribute no more energy to you. I'm in a deficit. They get ready to put the NSF fee. You got to go on. Notice is on the door. Soon come out. Yeah. Mm. Well, Davion, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I have enjoyed you. I hope that you come back and do another show with me. Um, you guys that are out there, if you ever want to come and, and sit on the show and have a conversation, it's fun. Um, I have a good time. <laughs> I have a good time just talking about me. Funny, yeah. I, I am uh, definitely a character in itself. But um, please go to my website, www.therealbrandyalexander.com and go to the contacts page. Let me know what show you want to be on and, and um, I'll definitely try to get you there. Um, otherwise, uh, you can rewatch, rewatch this on YouTube or on my Facebook page. Um, it will replay also on, um, Apple Music, Spotify, RSS.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. We out here. We out here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, as I've been saying all day, don't play with, don't play with, don't play with it. You <laughs> somebody a little crazy, and they just, um, but again, I have enjoyed having you on the show. This is my baby right here. So it, it's, it's always a good conversation when we get together. So um, definitely have enjoyed you. Thank you all for tuning in um, live. I hope that you guys come back next week as we talk about creating boundaries. Mm, that good. <laughs> that good. So thank you guys again. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Happy Pride Month to those who are celebrating. I got my shirt. I'm out here in these streets. Um, and I'm I'm gonna have me a good time. So you guys have a good weekend and, and thank you again. Bye. <laughs>